0: Good morning. Good morning. We want to welcome you to our to Cypress Street. Uh, for those that are listening online, welcome. We would like to invite you back to church. If you look around, there's lots of empty pews that we need you back. Um, we need our kids back. We need the, the life that they bring. Um, my son and his wife, uh, they too, went to visit their grandmother in Oklahoma, and he was talking about how quiet the house was, and I said, they bring life. They bring hope. It's like spring, you know, with all the new animals being born and the grass greening up, it brings hope. And I'm thankful for this season of uh, Holy Week, thankful for what Jesus has done for us. Uh, we're just thankful for, um, if you're visiting, look at your would you fill out a connect card, we won't, we won't bug you. Um, we may ask you to be on a committee, but <laughs> 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 But um, other than that, we won't bug you too bad. Um, <clears throat> and the giving, if, you, uh, if you're a member of our church, and the way I'm sure you're used to it now, you can put your checks in the the box on the back. If you do like I do, you go to your app on your bank, app on your phone, your bank app, just go in there and, you know, tell it to send that check to Cypress Street. Um, We also, Monday, we're serving at Grace Place uh, I don't know if everybody, if we've got enough volunteers, I don't know yet. But don't forget that. Um, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. We'll, Brother Carvin will be speaking. And um, <clears> that uh, we'll have no circles after next Sunday. Uh, we're going to be singing and we're having communion today. So the little communion cups will be passed out during the song service. And um, just hang on to them, because uh, Brother Ray will tell us what to do later on. (laughs) Uh, Isaiah 26, 4, one of my favorite verses, says, Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord Himself is the rock eternal. And it, I'd like for us to bow our heads and pray. And while you're doing it, since this is Holy Week, I'd like for you just to envision Christ being on that cross, hanging there. They've placed the crown of thorns on his head. He's about to take his last breath for us. You know, I've thought about that a lot. I don't think that we can comprehend, I know we can't, just what God sacrificed for us. I know when my son was thinking about going into the service, I thought, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can send you. I'm sorry. But this is just such a precious time in our, in in the year, especially for the Christian, for, for the whole world, for the hope that he brings. So just take a minute and um, vision him on the cross. And thank him for what he's done for us. Heavenly Father, there is no way, there's no way in our human minds that we could ever comprehend what you've done but just let us be grateful. Let us go to work on Monday mornings with a grateful heart. Let us look around and be grateful and and spread that gratefulness to other people that are not as blessed as we are. We thank you for our church. We thank you for the pastor that you're preparing for us to have. I believe it with all my heart, you're preparing someone for us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the season that uh, of spring and, and for this this holy week. Go, be with us in our church service today. Prepare us for the song service. Help us to clear our minds, Lord, and to, to sing with, with joy. We ask this in your name. Amen
1: we continue to worship. If you're able, please stand and we're going to sing this beautiful song, Worthy is the Lamb.
2: Thank you for the cross Lord. Thank you for the price you paid Married all my sin and shame In love you came and gave amazing grace Thank you for this love
1: Standing, please. In Galatians 6, 14, it says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let's sing
2: Near the Cross. Jesus, keep me give. In the cross be my glory.
1: seated and children you may go to children's
2: church.
0: During this, um, I was talking earlier, during this time of hope and um, resurrection, we also have a lot of prayer requests in our church. There's several that's um, in need of prayer, especially Ken McConnell, as he's uh, facing a battle of uh, cancer. Um, Julie. Oldham, Barbara Powell, our missionaries, our troops, they're, they're all listed. We just um, want to bring your attention to those and be prayerful to, for those. And I mentioned before, we're in a <clears throat> transition at our church. We're looking for a pastor. We're in what we call supposedly the desert, but hadn't God been good with the manna that he's given us? He has supplied us with three fabulous pastors, preachers, and we're so thankful for them. The one that we've got today is Ray Owens and he needs no introduction. Thank you, Brother Ray.
3: Some of you already know this. I'm gonna kill that mic and get this one on here. We're good? Uh, I actually left my Easter jacket sitting on my counter uh, with a hanger. It didn't make it to the car this morning. So I'm going jacket jacketless, I guess uh, this morning. Uh, several things I want to share with you as we uh, get ready. First of all today is communion, an exciting time and I'm glad to be here. I want to tell everybody at home if you have an opportunity now you can go get a bottle of water and some crackers. Uh, You probably don't have any uh, Welch's grape juice and you don't have probably this cool little pack we have. Uh, But I want to encourage you to get that a little bit later so you can join in the body of Christ. And Donna I want to thank you for sharing your heart, being so open. Uh, What you shared is exactly what the message ends on. This is a special time of remembrance. I think we are all guilty of not making it so all the time that we do but I, I love your heart and I thank you for that and being so real. I also want to reiterate what she said and encourage those that are back home thank you for being here today good attendance but I, I know there's a lot of folks that maybe haven't had a chance to be back and uh, I want to encourage you to come back um, I know we've got folks watching from Oklahoma and uh, yesterday I spoke with a, a couple from Baton Rouge that watch every week and uh, obviously they can't quite make it uh, unless they left real, real early, about 6 in the morning I guess. But everybody else, uh, I would want to encourage you to come back. Uh, I think things are, are obviously safe, but if you feel well to do that, where two or three gather together, what? God's in their midst. There's nothing like being with the family of God. And of course I'm very passionate about that I shared with you. Uh, I'll be missing two weeks with you guys, and uh, Because I'm in Kansas, I'll do a wedding and then uh, at another church and every time I'm I'm at a church. It doesn't matter where I'm traveling, what I'm doing. uh, It's very rare because I just love the family of God and I like meeting uh, with the body of Christ and God always blesses me. Uh, And I mean whether it's Church of God, Charismatic Fire and Signs Following Church, Mennonite, you know, (laughs) Anything, whatever's there, uh, opportunity to share. Also, I want to tell you, hold the elements till a little bit later, and those at home, if you get them ready, we'll do this at the end. We'll share together and have a moment, time of of, uh, reflection as I read that scripture uh, with you uh, there at home and here as well. Uh, Great to be with you. I want to speak today, if you have your outline, I know it's pretty detailed Uh, this morning on the power of thankfulness. And uh, there's a great story I want to share with you about a guy who, uh, as he was coming out of work, saw a lady that had a pretzel stand. And at the pretzel stand, you know, she was selling pretzels for 25 cents. She looked mid-aged. She looked like a single mom, looked like she'd worked very, very hard. And the Spirit kind of came on him to have compassion Toward her, even though he did not like pretzels at all. Bless his heart. He did not like them at all. But you know, he was moved by compassion and it said a pretzel 25 cents. So he went and gave 25 cents and walked away. He did this every day. He did it for a long time. And one day when he laid the 25 cents down, and as he was walking away, the lady said, Sir, sir, sir. And so he turned around, and I can put myself in this picture, he said what you would expect. He said, I know, ma'am, I know what you're going to say, I want to explain. No, 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 you know, you want to know why every day I give you a quarter, never take a pretzel, you know, and uh, opportunity to witness, by the way. But, you know, she goes, no, 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 sir, I wanted to show you the new sign. They're up to 35 cents now. How many of you know somebody like that? Wow! I won't say her name because I don't want to honor her, but there was a singer uh, been very popular for now, about three generations, that has a song, Material Girl. And what I want to tell you is we live in a very materialistic I'm gonna tell you, be blunt, preach it, selfish, self-centered society if there ever was one. I don't think there, there probably has been moments in history, I'm a student of history, where there was some self-centeredness, um, especially among groups, but as far as the whole world, whole generation of self-centeredness and a consumer culture, And as a result of that, this is where the problem comes in. There is very little gratitude. In fact, if I take two children, same parent, and raise one and put some pretty serious consequences on this one, consistently raise this one with consequences when they do something. When they do something good, a lot of love. Always love them, even in the consequences. If the other one, I give them everything they want, or even 90% of everything they want when they do, especially everybody's got one, Daddy. Y'all ever heard that? I'm six years old and everybody at school's got an Apple iPhone 12. Oh, honey. If I raise these two children, which one of them is going to be grateful and has a chance to be employable and get a job and make money and not live off the government? This one. This one will become what even you know, not being psychological, a spoiled, rotten brat that the first time reminds me of a story I would not even plan on telling you. Years, uh, years ago, we had a Great CEO at CenturyLink, that's before it crashed and I sold all my stock and lost a fortune, okay? Sorry, but it's true. But right now, what's going on? This guy comes in, interviews, he's cocky, he's good looking, he's young, he's had it all, never worked a day in his life, got his MBA and he's applying for a pretty big position at this big corporation across from our church. You can figure out where that is. And he was going through and talking and wanting to know, and he wanted to know right off, you know, what the salary is, how many weeks vacation he could get, and, uh, you know, all that. And pretty soon the CEO goes, well, and I guess you're interested in a company car and uh, two weeks vacation at a place in Hawaii. He said, yeah, really? Are you kidding? He said, sure, I'm kidding, but you started it. Because we're all so consumed, we you know it 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 it, and, and we're I'm worse than many of you and the ones of my grandfather and all. We've gotten that way, and there's just not a lot of gratitude because we want it our way. And I think that what I wanted to share with you today is about thankfulness and about having a spirit of gratitude. Our culture just doesn't even have appreciation for friendships. That's why, you know, and you know this is beyond anything you, I bet, can imagine, meaning if you're raised this way, or we're in this culture, or we get to where we don't say grace anymore, we don't thank God for our meals, we don't, you know, it affects our friendships. Friendships come, friendships go, then when we get in a marriage, the friendship, a friendship of lifetime, what happens? Well, there's not a commitment there either. Why? There never was a commitment back here. Does that make sense to you, brothers and sisters? It starts back here. It starts everywhere. It's all the way across. How it is with us and God is how it is with man. And I'm not trying to condemn, but I'm here to tell you that when God's involved, when heaven comes down to meet earth in your life where you are, I'm telling you there ought to be gratitude. Remember when Isaiah, the Lord spoke to him and came in front of him, he fell to his knees and he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. You know what I mean? That's the presence of God. And that's not a bad thing like condemnation. And then when God does something for us, are we as expressive about how good he's done for us, how awesome things are he's done for us as we are when it don't go good? Now, I have to go to the altar right now, because I'm telling you, I'll be going along and like something will happen that you couldn't have done if you wanted to. Like, you know, real tedious part that there's only one part of, and you you know that, and you're taking your time, taking it off, and it falls and goes down and goes in a little hole somewhere that you couldn't have got to if you were Michael Jordan shooting a five-foot basket. I mean, you couldn't have got it in there, you know what I mean? And I go, really? But what about the time I'm driving and boy, you saw a car spin around and you go, boy, that was close. Do I get as excited and go, praise the Lord. You know, do I get excited about that? Probably not. I go, that was a close one, rock and roll. But that's me, Sam, preaching to me. The joy is today I preach to me. You can listen if you want to. Look at our scripture and our text. This is NLT, Bible Gateway. I have to say that because the guys know this that are doing the video. The New Living Translation is a live Bible. It's constantly being translated. So I have the original NLT that was bought to be by a couple in our church years ago when I started preaching out of it. And it's an amazing Bible. And I won't want to tell you how much they had to pay for this. Now you could buy it for 20 bucks probably. But you know it was copyright. And whatever. The words in here don't match what I'm going to read to you. Because it's kind of not a lot but they're working on it, translating it. So I'm going to read this to you. This is awesome. Psalms 100. The whole chapter y'all. Take a deep breath. It's a long one. Five verses. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. I see a joy thing. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. Now that puts a smile on my face. I'm His. Donna, you're His. We're His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, go into His courts with praise. Here's where we're, we're, we're challenged. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. Let's all say this so we don't violate this scripture. Praise the Lord. Ready? Praise the Lord. There you go. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation, even the material girls. It continues. What a beautiful scripture! We all know that. When you came this morning, were you really thankful? Was I really thankful? And on your outline, I've got some options here for you. Let me get that out. It says, "When you came this morning, were you thankful that you uh, of a God that you have a God that longs to meet with you for your worship." A God that's more excited about meeting with you, or at home if you designate a time, or even if you're driving down the road and you designate a time to meet with God, did you know He's excited? It's almost like I can hear Him. And I can relate to this because I have one biological daughter and about seven or eight adopted raised daughters, you know, at the Owens Hotel that we raised. But one biological daughter, very proud of her, you know, most of you know Brooke, and, you know, she's got her doctorate. She's run Mercy Multiplied in Nashville, doing a great ministry and awesome. But I don't get to talk to her very long, very often, you know. It's funny how, you know, things change as time she's busy. And when she gets an opportunity to call me, I'm excited about talking to her because we don't get to talk a lot. And, and it's, that's the way it is. God's excited to talk to us because I guarantee you we don't talk to him as much as he wants to talk to us. And he's meeting with us. And we've already had a whole sermon on this as a date with God, right? Sunday morning is your date with God. And so it's awesome to know there's a God that wants to meet with us here. And I said, two or three gather. Secondly, are you thankful that we live in a country with freedom to worship? Right now our country's in a mess. We know that. But here's the thing, at least we have the freedom to come worship this morning. Our brothers and sisters in China don't have that. All our Arab nations don't have that. Ron and his group where they're located don't maybe have that freedom as much. They have to be careful, house kind of things. You know, we have the joy to worship. Thirdly, and boy, do we take this for granted. And there's unfortunately a lot of people that don't understand this. A church family with which to worship with and love on, challenge each other and all that. Guys, the number one problem defining a lot of people with with mental illnesses and struggles, and even those that are functioning that no one would call mentally ill, is loneliness. Guys, there's a lot of lonely out there. I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's absolutely no excuse to be lonely. There is a possibility for a two-year grieving process or whatever, how long it takes. There's all these things, so I'm not being not compassionate. But here's what I'm saying. There are loving church families like Cypress Street here who I've fallen in love with y'all, so if I can, anybody can, okay? All right, here's what I'm saying. There are people out there that, guys, they would love to come and be loved on and cared, accepted just as they are, right? And made a part of the family and not put them on a committee for at least a year, Maybe two. Maybe we all stick with the two-year rule. You know what I'm saying? Just love on them. And you'd love to love them. Amen? Excuse me. You would love to love them. Amen? Amen. And you make them feel welcome. They're greeted. They're cared for. They're in a safe environment. They're, you know, there's going to be opportunities to connect. That, that's what I'm saying. So, man, that's something to have a church family that loves us. Do we really realize that? A church family that cares about you? A pastor that cares about you? I can't say who this is because of the internet but there's an individual that's coming to our life and not connected with the church definitely believes and because of their job they work on Sundays all the time and that sort of thing. Recently had a need and needed to be moved and it hired people to help move out and it was a mess. I made one or two phone calls, and we had 25 people, two trucks, and I mean big trucks lift and all that show up and move this person. and that person's never been in our church yet. So moved them, they've been tithing to our church, and I'm talking, tithing off the gross cash has to give it to me every time I see them, because they were so moved, and they watch it online. And I can't wait till the time comes when that person can come to church. You see what I'm saying? Isn't that awesome? That's the family of God. That's amazing. How about this one? Are you thankful that you have health and you're excited this morning to come to worship? Now, I don't know about you. I heard Scott's message and he talked about working in the yard. Well, I worked down at the, what is this uh, ice storm called? I don't know, Frosty Geddon. Frosty the Snowy, Armageddon, whatever we had. Well, anyway, all my pine trees are on, I have a bunch of land down in Cowan. All the trees are down. It's not the hurricane, but they're more like this. They're just all, they can't handle the cold. And so it's terrible. I run a pole saw above my head and all that. So yes, I'm sore this morning, but I was able to come and I have the health to come. And for those of us at times, and I'm not making light of that because I've been there and (laughs) every few weeks. And when you get older, you take it one day at a time. How about anybody here got a witness, they actually have to take it, I feel pretty good right now at this hour. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And then a few minutes later, you know, oh, (laughs) yes, be excited about health. You young people take it for granted. I'm telling you, you do. We're, We're so spoiled. And then When you come in, are you thankful that you have, and this is really key, a changed heart that wants to worship? And here's the cool thing. Yes, getting saved, accepting the Lord, that moment in your life's great. But please, and remember it, and that's great if you remember that moment. But it doesn't stop there. God is still creating within us a new heart, working on us, because we live in this world on this side with a lot of issues. We have things for our past. We got things in the future. And right now we're going through junk. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff. And it's not that we have to be re-saved. I don't mean that. But we get re-cleansed. We confess. We, we deal with all that. And God is still in the saving and salvation business, spiritual restoration business in our life, amen? It's not a one-time thing, boom, it's done. I'm telling you, I believe in entire sanctification, I'm as church of God as anybody, I'm fifth generation, there's no doubt about that, but I'm here to tell you that it's a changed heart to worship and in my own life as a pastor, God began to speak to me as I was doing a study when I was preaching. And I mean, he's not done with me yet. And he began to let me know the importance of worship. And I'm able to worship at a much deeper level than I did my other 40, 50 years of my life. Do you follow what I'm saying? God is always working in us where we get to the place we're growing in our life. And I want to tell you, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm a lot further along than where I was. Can I get an amen to that to anybody else? What, what is the power of thankfulness? Thankfulness has power. I'm going to tell you, you know, frowning, downer, you know, not being thankful, life's terrible, then you die, you know, that kind of thing. That's Look, if you're that way, not only are you miserable, you make other people miserable, except this. I will say this, when you walk out of the room, The lights come on for everybody else. You don't want to be that person. It's terrible. Thankfulness keeps us contented, contented. And I'm not talking about contented about getting what we want. Here's what true thankfulness does. Let me see if I can explain this. You're contented because you're thankful for what you already have. You're not thinking what you want or what the neighbor has. And by the way, when you look at your neighbors, guess which one by default Satan's going to have you look at? The one that's got the best yard, the best house, the best car, truck. You know what I mean? You're not turning over and looking down the street or maybe looking past one of your neighbors that don't mow their yard and (laughs) hadn't worked a bush in six years. You You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm talking about. It's being thankful for what you have. It's very important. Secondly, thankfulness keeps us humble. It keeps us humble. Here's why. Every good and perfect gift comes from my own effort and work. No. That's what I think. No. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. And if anything good, recently I got a text, it was amazing. And I'm not bragging on myself, but it was something about how I've treated my parents through the years because of mom passing. And I said, Look, if any good thing came, it was because of God. It wasn't me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Always reflect that, brothers and sisters, back to God. It's, it's real and it's true. When we realize that everything in life's a gift, it's a lot easier. To be contented, it's a lot easier to be thankful because you know God gives it all. In fact, it's easy to tithe. When I realize 110% of everything I have is God's and I'm going to give him 10%, he makes sure the 100% equals about 200%. I can show you in my own life people that made more than me that don't have near what I have, but I was faithful. Thank God, Mom and Dad, who raised me in a church family that taught it. Because financially, I was blessed by God. It's awesome. Thirdly, generous. I got ahead of myself, I think. When he realizes that anything is a gift, then we're joyful to give it away, right? The fourth one is positive. Now, how in the world can the power of thankfulness, how can it keep us positive, anybody know anybody negative? Anybody is negative? (laughs) The glass is always half full. Actually, it's about a quarter full. And it's being poured out as we speak. And when they talk to you, they feel like they're draining you. It's like plugged in, you know, Lord, get me out of here. I've had conversations like that. Lord, I can't take another 30 minutes of this. I won't be alive. You know, they just take it out of you. You know, thankfulness keeps us positive. The happiest people in the world are not rich people. I've had the privilege to know some multimillionaires in my life. Um... You know, and I will tell you, with rare exception, they are not happy. I've had the privilege to know some very humble, maybe what you'd call poor people, and they are so happy. There's one I think of in my church, uh, Sister Cutie, and I'll just leave it at that because I don't, you know, lived in a very small, maybe 900 square foot cinder block house in a not a great area, was so happy, just every time you met her, such a joy. It was probably the greatest funeral I've ever been able to preach. Uh, You know, just sharing about her life, some of the funniest things. She was changing a light bulb, (laughs) changing a light bulb. You know, first of all, let me just tell you something. When you have a light bulb and your walls are dark or gray, you could literally stare at the light bulb and you wonder if it's on. If you paint the walls white and turn the light bulb on, you know, you're like this. So she was changing a light bulb, and she's like 85 years old, maybe 86 or something, and she couldn't get there. So she took a light bulb started bouncing on her bed and would do this. She loved life, y'all. The bad thing is she didn't, you got to land exactly square every time. What happens if one foot hits first? And so she ended up in the hospital because the brick walls that were still gray and dark are still hard. And so she ended up in the hospital. But I laughed about that. I could go on and on. Person, loved God, loved life. And by the way, her life was terrible. She's lost siblings. It was a rough life. They were pig farmers. She was raised as a girl feeding pigs. And yet she had life. Why? It has nothing to do with money. It was about having a positive spirit and outlook on life. Now, this last one I'm going to give you, E, is not a word, but it ought to be. I invented it. Okay, and to make it legal, I'm gonna, I am gonna put a hyphen in it, blessable. Did you know that thankfulness keeps you blessable, meaning able to be blessed? Because here's what I have to say about that. I think God wants to give us more than he gives us now. But he can't give us much more if we don't appreciate what he gave us. Does that make sense? So having a thankful spirit makes us much more blessable, okay? Much more able to be blessed. And I have the little note there on your outline. A powerful story that I owe to Grandma Owens that taught us in uh, kindergarten Sunday school class. She taught it for 63 years and I think never missed. Somebody told me she missed two. I'll give her that, but anyway... She taught. There's a story that all of you know. Jesus healed 10 lepers. How many of them came back to tell him thanks? One. That is so powerful. I hope you never forget it. And that story stuck with me. And one reason that I've been successful in all the careers I've had and all the relationships I've had. I mean, there's been some tough things, but I will tell you is that story. And even to this day, I want to be the one leper that comes back and says, thank you. When somebody does me something, I will go way out of my way to say thank you. Because that's part of the spirit of gratefulness. And Jesus himself said, where's the other ten? You know, nine out of the ten, Right? One came back to say thank you and blessed him. And I guarantee you he didn't have to worry about anything. I mean the blessing of Jesus. And I think about that. We need to be the ones that say thank you. And that's why I don't care if you're in a restaurant, I'm going to bow my head. And and I'm with people all the time that, you know, I don't know I'm a pastor or whatever. I'm up in Kansas and, you know, they expect a pastor to do it. But sometimes I'll say to a bunch of guys on the farm that work with me, if you don't mind I'm going to bless it. Man, they all take off. Yes, sir. You know, take off their hat and I just say a short prayer. I don't lead them to Jesus there. I don't tell them they're going to hell. I don't get into all that stuff. And Lord, forgive them for the drinks they're drinking. I don't get into all that. You know, I don't do nothing. I just praise the Lord and bless it because it really is, that's a time, what is is grace? Thankfulness. God, I have a food. I have a meal. I have a blessing. So, how do you become a more thankful person? I know you just can't wait to hear and dine to hear, so let me hurry up and get there. Number one, Give intentional time to considering God's goodness so you're not just consuming His blessings. So it takes intentional time to consider God's goodness so you're not just consuming His blessings. I have a quote gratitude flows from a reflective heart and Donna, you talked this morning about reflecting about this week and what all is involved. You know we're all very busy. Sometimes I'm so busy, it's terrible. You know, we, we're just so busy with the, we, we're just thinking about what we have to do. We're just stressed out. And I thought about this. Have you ever been starving? Like, you know, it's really not good to go a long time without food and be starving because when you do, you really savor the food, right? No. If you're starving, it goes down like a vacuum cleaner, and you go, especially if it's something really good, and you go, man, I didn't get to enjoy that, you know, and later, obviously as you get older, there there's side effects of doing that. But that's how we are a lot of times with God. We don't take time to savor what He's done for us or the blessings He gave us, including a good steak or a good grilled chicken, whatever it is you like, or a wonderful salad, or whatever it is that God gives us, or a blessing, we don't take time to savor that. And I think that we have to set intentional time to consider God's goodness and not just consume the blessings. Psalm 77 there I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember. Your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about them. In other words, if we're constantly contemplating about God's goodness, what he's done for us, what he's blessed us, or whatever, we then have that relationship with him, and we're not just consuming things, we're enjoying his blessings. And I don't know about you, but we, some of us need to enjoy God's blessings more, amen, than what we do. I want to tell you a caution, don't wait till it's gone till you appreciate it. And that tends to be what we do sometimes. A pastor, a friend of mine, uh, told a story of he and his wife, and she had a meeting to go to, kind of rare, they had two young kids, and uh, this is a very successful pastor, very busy, it was a busy time, I think they were building a building, you know, a lot going on, church growing like crazy. And the wife had to go to a seven-day conference. And he was in charge of the kids. And they didn't have, you know, enough money or whatever to hire somebody. And he was so busy, so he was doing the best he could. And said the first time that his wife called was on the second day. It's for cell phones. Does anybody remember that B.C., before cell phones? Okay. Um, and uh, I wrote down what, what, what he said. He said, on the second day she called and said, Well, honey, you know how's it going? How's it going with the kids? Well, it's it's tough. We're gonna make it. Second time she called was four days in, and when she answered, well, how's it going? Call my lawyer. That's what (laughs) that's what his answer was. Now, if you knew this guy, he's kind of a comedian. He he was good, but he was like, this is terrible. The third time the wife called was the sixth day, the day before she flew back, and uh, he said, I had a lot. I had been changed. I'd been thinking about everything, and I had, number one, empathy for single parents, meaning, how do they do it, (laughs) you know? And then secondly, not being offensive, he said, honey, I, I love you. I want you to know I have a new appreciation for you, but I do want to tell you, 30 days after I've buried you, there will be another one. Again, he had a a sense of humor. But seriously, he said it changed his respect for his wife. Why? She was gone, and he had to take on that, and he appreciated it. Yes, when it's gone, whether it's the wife, the husband, or health, or whatever, is many times when we appreciate it. And the same with God. We don't take his presence, and we don't need to take his relationship lightly. Amen? Don't. Take it lightly. We need to intentionally set aside time. Number two, to become more thankful, build regular habits of gratefulness. Build regular habits of gratefulness. In other words, do we love God enough to build it into our routine to be thankful? Notice the scripture there Psalms 145, 1 through 2. I will praise you, O my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you, how often? Every day. And I will praise you forever. In other words, it needs to be daily. So do we thank God every day? When we wake up, I want to give you three times I definitely think that we should do it. When we wake up, when you wake up and you're like me, and (laughs) I'm going to take a chainsaw to this bed. This bed we have is a king-size bed, and got post up, and it's big, boy, it looks cool, matches the furniture and all that, but, and I used to could hop up there, now i got a step stool. But when I step down in the morning, all the folks of a certain age understand this, young people going, what? I step down, it's a long way, you know, and then oh, 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 you know. Before I do that, I need to go, Lord, thank you for another day. I'm alive. I pray you bless me. Use me. May I honor you and help me as I step down out of the bed. By the way, three of you haven't smiled yet. All right. Secondly, when you eat. If you hate food, you don't have to do this. If you never eat, don't do this. But if you like food and want to eat and have eaten every time you get food, and maybe you're in a big banquet situation or whatever, and I will tell you do not stand up and pray and act like a whatever, but I'm saying where you are, just bow your head and say, God, thank you for the food or say something, but thank God for the food. I'm telling you, that's one thing I loved about the South that I noticed when I moved to Kansas it wasn't as frequent. But I'm telling you what, here in the South, we've gotten to where we don't see it. Go to restaurants and look around. I want you to scan. There should never be an excuse for a person that loves the Lord not to be thankful for the food that he gives us and offer thanks. I mean, even the country star says we give grace, right? I mean, we we should be that way. I also think anytime you you come in contact with a service person, somebody that serves you, somebody that's done good, our power was out and this crew from Illinois came in, the guy hit my telephone pole, took it out. You know, they came, they worked on it. You know what, I went out and thanked them. I went out and thanked them for the good job they did. Then after they were done, I emailed the company because they did an amazing job. They were wonderful. You know, when somebody does you something great. Anytime your family's together, you should be what? Thankful. Amen? Did you know it could be your last time? You never know. But we should be thankful when we have an opportunity. When I get off the phone with Brooke, when, when, you know, I get to see right now my grandson came in last night and I'll have him this week. And then we'll take him halfway back as I turn around and go to Kansas. It's just the way life is. I'm thankful and I thank God for it. In order words, say thank you. It's not that hard. Thirdly, empathize with those who have less rather than envying those who have more. Empathize with those who have less, which by the way, tomorrow we have a great opportunity to do, rather than envy those who have more. How many rich people do we have here today? Okay. Wow, I won't borrow any money from y'all. Okay. Pastor Ray, I'm not rich. You ought to see the car I drive. I'm going to give you an official response. You have a car? I know somebody's got some cool cars. If you have a car that starts, did you know you're richer than what? What? three-fourths of the world's population. Pastor, you ought to see my home. Oh, you have a home? Do you know how many people in New York City own a home and there's what, is it eight or nine million people? I don't know, more than that. Do you know how many own a home? Not too many. They're paying rent for the rest of their life. And some of them are literally renting airspace. You know what I mean? They, They live on the... 20th floor on this little thing, you know. Most of the planet lives in pretty t- trashy homes. Pastor, you ought to see what I eat, even for Sunday dinner. Oh, you have food? Did you know there's a lot of children and a lot of people don't even get a meal every day? And definitely only one meal a day, not three. The only way you're guaranteed that is go to prison. <laughs> You'll get three hots in a cot, Right but it's really not that great. You know, I've never been there in a long time, but I would say so. So, we think we're poor, and I remember being poor relative to myself. I remember being a college student in Houston, Texas, and Dana and I had just gotten married, so I'd taken that responsibility on. Thank goodness I had a full scholarship, but we were still had her college bill, so we, you know, there was a college bill, there was all that. And I don't know how we did it by God's great. Thank you, Lord. We graduated no debt. But we worked, we both worked, and I was so blessed to be in the medical field at that time and making good money and blessed. But I remember we were so poor <laughs> that I would, Kroger would put on uh, chicken pot pies four for a dollar, and they're terrible because they don't have bottoms in them. they just fake it with a top. But when it was a good week, we had banquet pot pies. And now, I have swansome. <laughs> yeah, I've arrived, I'm just telling you. In other words, are we spoiled or what? Yes, we're spoiled. Carvin can tell you missionaries that have been in the third world countries come back home and they have a hard time reintegrating into our consumer culture and all that. It's tough. What do you think about? We we tend to think about, I need more, I need more. You know, when we realize, and I noticed at the end of life with mom, and even now I'm thinking, you know, I need to get rid of some stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know all this stuff, what does it matter? Um, Boy, I have a neighbor that, that, I've talked to about the Lord, He's pretty rough, but I will tell you, one thing He did when He gave His kids Christmas and stuff, if they ever opened a gift and and didn't appreciate it and, you know, sometimes they didn't appreciate it, he immediately took it up and they took it to the Salvation Army or to whatever, immediately. I'll tell you what, that guy appreciates stuff. I, I thought that was a little tough, but, you know. Notice the scripture. I know how to live, Paul tells us, in almost nothing or everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation where it's with a full stomach or empty, plenty or little. For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength with what I need. In other words, we we ought to be content when we don't have a lot and content if we have more. But I'm going to tell you like the Bible says, if you have a lot, it's easy to become self-sufficient. And not much more temptation than it is when you have not a lot and you'd have to depend on God more. Does that make sense? So, for those of us that are getting swanson pot pies now, we got to be careful that we get to kind of feel uncomfortable with where we're at. Fourthly, when struggling to be careful, grateful, excuse me, when struggling to be grateful, then think often about the cross which really is where we started with this morning. Think often about the cross. Think about a perfect God in flesh who died for you and I and I don't have to face eternity without hope. Not one of us, and some of us are closer to that time than others, not one of us have to face eternity without hope because Jesus came and went through excruciating pain. By the way, that's where that came from, crucifixion. Crucifixion was terrible. And I mean, there's an entire sermon one day maybe I ought to preach on that. But it's terrible. The American Medical Association did a research on that. It's terrible. Okay, He went through that for you and I. The love is beyond anything we can imagine and when we think about being grateful, you've got to be grateful for the cross. Amen? That's what we're building up to now. When Jesus was on the cross, breathing his last words, the Bible says he was thinking about you. Not only those, but those who they go to and they go to. Remember that? To us, And God has the ability to know us and know our children and some of your grandchildren yet to be born and your grandchildren's grandchildren. God knows them and he was thinking about them and that's how he was able to do it. I think, yes, he wanted to be faithful to his father, but I believe with all of my heart what really kept Jesus on that cross and not just going, you know what? I'll take 10 million angels right now. Because most of us, that's what we would have done. I think he was thinking of us. Can you get that? And all the millions that he loved so dearly, so intimately. Colossians two thirteen says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. It was not cut away. Then God made you alive in Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it on the cross. So if we confess our sins, and here in a moment when we take communion, if we confess our sins, if we something isn't right, we give it. Let me tell you, it's gone as far as the east is from the west. That's exciting, and that's something to always be thankful Thankful for the cross. Thankful for the sacrifice. If you would, you've got your little cup. If you need help, I'm sure an usher will help you. Uh, just get ready to take that out there. There's a little uh, part on the top that when you're old, it's kind of hard to get that... Uh, Top part to come out with the and try not to spill it. It's easy to do. It's probably pretty good that I'm having a hard time with this. I might. I can't get the, there we go. No. Man. I might not be doing the wafer Come on now, mine didn't, there it is, semi-defective. <laughs> okay, get ready, but don't take it yet. I'm gonna go off camera just a minute to read something to you. For this is what the Lord himself said and I pass on to you just as I received it on the night that he was betrayed the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks for it he broke it and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is a new covenant between God and you sealed by the shedding of my blood do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. It goes on to say examine yourself and I'm gonna talk about that in a minute and here's the reason, this is a blessing. If we examine ourselves during this time, we will not be examined by God or judged in any manner. Do you get how powerful that is? So here's what I want us to do. I want us, all of us, and if, again, if you need help, raise your hand, somebody will come help you with elements. I'd like you to bow your heads, everybody, and I want to read a poem. While you examine yourself, while you talk to God, while you thank, thank Him, while you think of the cross, would you just listen to these words, Still He Walked. You bow your heads and be contemplating that. And at whatever moment or at the end, we'll take the communion together. He could hear the crowd screaming, crucify, crucify. He could hear the hatred in their voices. These were his chosen people, and he loved them, and they were going to crucify him. He was beaten, bleeding, weakened. His heart was broken, but still he walked. He could see the crowd as he came from the palace. He knew each of their faces so well he had created them. He knew every smile, every laugh, and shed every tear. But now they were contorted with rage and anger, and of course his heart broke, but still he walked. He was scared you and I would have been so as humanists would as well have mandated that he was. And so he felt alone. His disciples had left him, in fact, denied him, and one betrayed him. He searched the crowd for a loving face, and he saw very few. Then he turned his eyes to the only one that mattered, and he knew that he would never be alone. He looked back at the crowd, at the people who were even spitting at him, throwing rocks at him, mocking him. He knew that because of him, they would never be alone. So for them, he walked. The sound of the hammer striking the spikes echoed through the crowd. The sound of his cries echoed even louder. The cheers of the crowd as his hands and feet were nailed to the cross, intensified with each blow. Loudest of all, the still small voice inside his heart that whispered, I am with you, my son. And God's heart broke. He had to let his son walk. Jesus could have asked God to end the suffering, but instead he asked God to forgive. Not to forgive him, but to forgive the ones who were persecuting him. As he hung on the cross, dying an unimaginable death, he looked out and saw not only the faces of the crowd, but also the face of every person yet to be born. And his heart was filled with love. As his body was dying, his heart was alive, alive with the limitless, limitless, unconditional love he feels for you and I. That is why he walked. When I forget how much my God loves me, I remember his walk. When I wonder if I can be forgiven, I remember his walk. When I need reminding, of how to live like Christ, I think of his walk. And to show him how much I love him, I wake up each morning, turn my eyes to him, and I get up and I walk. Amen, Father. Thank you for sending your Son, and oh Jesus, thank you for willingly loving us so much, looking at us right now in this place loving us, creating us, and having the love to see us through life. May we walk in a worthy manner. And Lord, when we don't, may we confess our sins and receive your forgiveness. And Holy Spirit, may you come and empower us to walk the life, to feel the joy, to have a thankful spirit. And oh God, may all of us at this moment be thankful for the cross. So Father, as a priest that stands in the gap, I bless the bread, the body of Christ. And I blessed the juice that represents the blood of Jesus that washed away our sins. And as we partake it, we partake it with thankfulness and out of love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. May you feel his presence this week, this holy week, and may you be more thankful and express that thankfulness not only to God but to people around you and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Let's
2: stand
1: so. if you're able and sing goodness of God.
2: I have lived in the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am made. I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me My life lay down I surrender now I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life I have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful.
1: People said, Amen. "Amen."
0: Thank you, Brother Ray. That was a fantastic sermon. Um, just remember that what this week is is meant to us and help us to be grateful. Uh, James and I celebrated our 51 years yesterday. Yes, we were teenagers when we got married. <laughs> just add that. <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> But the, I'm just so thankful that I was raised in a Christian family, and Mom and Dad instilled in me the importance of a church and family, family church. Every, we've moved four different states in our marriage, and each time the first thing we did was look for the church, look for a church family, and that's why it's so important for kids Bring your kids back to church. Let us love on them. You know, um, it's important that they know that Sundays are for God and for worship and to have that community. They need that community. Um, I want to thank you again. Be back with us next week for for Easter. I started saying Christmas. (laughs) 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 For Easter celebration. Just bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you again for this season that you've given us. Thank you for the bringing us through the last year that you've, uh, the trials and the tribulations, Lord. Help us to always have a grateful attitude, a grateful heart. We ask this in your name. Amen.